Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. And now, it's time for Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast. We haven't talked to people all day, and now it's time to talk <laughs> into microphones. Welcome to Inside Coded. I, there couldn't be a better intro than that. We're two shut-ins who host a podcast from time to time. My name is Mike Sweeney. I'm Jesse Gaskell. And we're writers on The Conan Show on TBS. I hope we still are. I kind of like the excitement of who knows what's going on now. Uh, in showbiz or or in anything to do with the economy. They would have told us if we weren't, I assume. Right. <laughs> I haven't heard anything from anyone in a while, but... Well, you know what? We're not used to having a hiatus that is this long. And usually it's coming after Comic-Con, which is always right a huge push. And we're all really tired at the end. And so I think we're just really happy to not see each other. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and it's in San Diego. So it's a double hit. <laughs> no, San Diego's fun. I like San Diego. It's all the... <laughs> All the Comic-Con grown-ups walking around are, are puzzling. I know. Yeah, it's. Not, I don't think I have a good read on what San Diego is actually like without quite so many um, Batman riding Razor scooters. Have you been doing anything interesting? I hurt my back. Oh, I'm sorry. It's, it's on the mend. I hurt it doing a slightly larger jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm, I had to reach farther oh my over God. the table consistently. <laughs> well, did you finish the puzzle? Of course. <laughs> what have you been up to? I taught myself how to hand pollinate my squash plants. <laughs> <laughs> I literally held my breath. I was like, Shh. like, I thought you were going to say you learned a dead language. Oh, no. Much more useful than that. How do you do that? I know what you're imagining. Right. And it's not exactly that graphic. You plant squash plants, but then if they don't get pollinated, so the, normally bees do this, right. but if you don't have enough bees in your yard, then you, you might have to do it yourself. You which put is put on a bee costume. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go jerk off your plants. I learned all of this. There's a male flower and a separate mm -hmm. female flower and the bee goes from one to the other right. and they have to take pollen from the male to the female. But if the bees aren't there that day or they just don't get there in time and the female flower doesn't get pollinated, then the there's like a little tiny vegetable and it turns brown and withers. Oh. So it has to be pollinated to keep growing. Wow. So I went out there with a Q-tip and I took the pollen from the male to the female. Really? And do you know if it worked yet? It worked because the vegetables are now growing and they look bulbous and gourd-like. This is such basic life stuff that it's crazy how you can go through your life and not even know about, you know, the fruit on your tree. Every single one of those flowers has to be pollinated. 
Yeah. And that there are male and female flowers. And when you look at the parts, it's like, it's really obvious, which is which. (laughs) Oh, that's good. I was going to ask how you knew the male flower. (laughs) Well, what a a great segue into (laughs) that. We interview people on the show, right? So we should probably introduce our guests, two guests. We do. We have a, we have a twofer this week. They're brothers. They're twin brothers. The Sklar Brothers. We did this interview pre-pandemic. So honestly, I have no idea what we talked about. <laughs> we talked to them just before they were doing the show. We did. And we don't usually do that because that we were, we're worried that we're going to psych a comic out if they have to come talk to us first. But, <laughs> With our bad attitudes. But they seem to, I think it relaxed them. Yeah. Yes. And actually, our engineer, Will, ran into one of them in a supermarket, and he actually mentioned it and said, oh, you know, that kind of warmed us up for the show. And so uh, we provided a fluffer service. We did. We, <laughs> we fluffed them. We fluffed them up for their, their comedy appearance. <laughs> and I, I used a Q-tip for that, too. I was going to say, <laughs> I didn't feel I was in a position to bring up the pollinating <laughs> You are the expert. Here they are. The Sklar Brothers. Now, this audio, so you'll have to each identify yourselves before you start each sentence. So, yeah. <laughs> this is Randy talking right now. <laughs> this is Jason. I agree with Randy. <laughs> you two never uh, disagree. We're here with the Sklar Brothers. We Hello, are. Sklar Hello. Brothers. Hello. Jason and Randy. Thank Woo. you. You two have been together for a long time. Yes. Met on an audition. Yes. Met on an audition. And then, you know how you start to look like the people you're going up against? <laughs> I'm sure you've heard it. Uh, yes. I know. We've been working together it's, for a while. There's mm-hmm. no material we can do with There's you. No, no, yeah. no. It can't be done. Heard it all. <laughs> Although it is really weird when we walk, because we are grown and we have families and lives separate from each other, yeah. which is really the right. thing that allows us What to you mean continue. to say is the healthy thing. Right. That's right. the thing that allows us to continue to work together. Right. But when we're on the road or we're ever in a city together, just kind of walking around. And if you're twins walking around, people are still beyond fascinated with the fact that they're seeing twins. Yeah. Yes. It's like a circus it's exciting. act. It never goes away. Yeah. That, well, they... It, it makes you feel they want to like infantilize you. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Treat you like guys. babies and stroll. Oh, you guys. You, well, you also dress alike, right? We do. We yeah. dress exactly alike. <laughs> when we're on the road, it's sailor outfits, yeah. giant lollipops, <laughs> pants, <laughs> you know, short rompers. <laughs> and we are big God guys. So we will start yeah. talking about the Bible in front of anyone together in unison. <laughs> and it's pretty uh, powerful stuff, guys. Well, yeah. you're a great agent for God. That's right. We are. <laughs> Just like Jacob God's and Esau, agent. guys. That's we are people have compared us to the, the comedy Jacob, Jacob and Esau, Esau of comedy. And that we're trying <laughs> to stick on every set of siblings. I love it. The Cray Brothers. Come uh, on, guys. Let's we don't go. do many impressions. We do. All right. So the one impression we do is the Menendez brothers <laughs> uh, surprising their parents. All right. Ready? You do it. You do, you do it. it. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I, when I met you guys, yeah. mm-hmm. you it was New York City, right? Yes. And you started to do stand up. Yes. Yes. And um, but before, like several years, well, four years before you guys came along, there was another comedy team that was identical twins. Ooh. The Darling Twins. Did oh, you I ever know? No. We never knew them. Like, really? Did you murder like wrestlers. Them? Well, we did murder them, but we never <laughs> knew them. <laughs> it's did. easier that way. Literally disappeared the week before you two It was the <laughs> most intimate murder, too, because for a few weeks we were wearing their skin and auditioning as them. <laughs> Just trying to tank it so that a new one could yeah, emerge. We had to play the whole thing out. No, but they, right. Yeah. You had to make them fail I'm, on their own accord. <laughs> so it didn't look like we yeah. took them That's out. Right. 
We had to make it organic. No, I didn't ever heard of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were a couple other sets of twins, but nobody who the Lucas brothers are really the the only sets of set of right, twins right. that we that have like gone on to kind of do stuff. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's it's a bizarre thing because I think you there is a limit to how far you can go. We either very wisely or very wrongly, and we don't even know I don't yet. Think that's a word. Uh, we either wisely or stupidly uh, decided not to lean into being twins as like the whole enchilada of what yeah, we do. Right. Which probably most people are like, well, what is this? I'm expecting it to be this. And then we try and deliver something different, which is both good and then at times maybe not great for us. Right. Well, you could touch on it slightly and then yeah. go off the another delivery yeah. is you know. interesting. You have in to way. acknowledge it. I sure. Think. Yeah. yeah. And have you guys, do you ever, one of you go, I'm going solo? <laughs> well, yeah. that's a good going question. Rogue. That's Ooh. a good question. That is a good question. Um, we've done yeah. stuff on our own. Yeah. Like Jay did a phenomenal episode of Curb that uh-huh. he was. said it. He said it was phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> I he did it. a great episode. You thought it. I said it. It was a great episode. Wait, wait what season was that? Season three. three. Crazy Eyes Killer. Crazy Eyes Killer won Emmy. the Emmy. Yes. Not because of me, but no. We argued uh, in a store. Credit. Larry and I got to do an arguing scene, which was great. Yeah. In a store arguing over the folding of a sweater. That because he was trying to get the jacket, the Scorsese jacket for uh-huh. the reshoot, uh-huh. and then he like gets in and then he picks up a sweater and starts. He didn't like it and starts folding it, and, and then I try to say I need to fold it for you, and oh. then he tells me it's not difficult to fold a sweater. And then I get into a fight. It's really fun. That it's, sounds like a fun scene. To but shoot. It, but it was one of those things where like people are like, I loved you guys on right. Curve. Uh, and oh. like, well, we both went you on Curve. Then after a while, did they I'm think like, you're like Thanks. the Olsen twins? You're in the other aisle. Yes, I could only work four hours. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I had to be offset after four yeah. hours. Jay's got very specific working restrictions. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have a school tutor. I yeah. do have a school, even though I'm done with all of my it's schooling. It's graduate school. So right. I've got right. A PhD I was getting my PhD. Tutor. Yes, PhD in psychology. And they they got, hey, I got to go away to school. <laughs> I'm getting a side D while I'm doing this show. Look, I want to have patients and I want to have my own private practice. Why is that a bad thing? That's right. If you switch careers, You'd have to do it together. That's right. Oh God. We we love to ask people their connection because uh, the show's inside Conan. Sure. Yep. So we love to find out your initial connection to Conan or the Conan yeah. show. First appearance. Yeah. yeah. First appearance was nineteen ninety nine. Ninety nine. Oh, did stand up on the show on late night. On late night. Late night. Uh, at eight H uh, or was that that's six a. Six, a. six six a in Rockefeller Center. You probably did 8H also. Yeah, I don't know why we did it down that there. We weren't getting many laughs because there was no one in the audience. <laughs> it was a Thursday. No, um, it was great. I mean, it was a really special. I just remember the night of, so we were so excited to do it. And we were living in New York at the time. And then Had that, you done a TV set yet? Yeah, yes. we had done Premium Blend. And I think we had mm-hmm. done Louis Anderson's like stand-up oh, cool. special uh, uh, um, that was aired on, I want to say, the CW or wherever. Right. So or like yeah. syndicated. Yeah. Syndicated. And then this was our first. This felt like the first legit right. thing that we Back had. then doing a network show was like, It's a wow. big deal. So I remember we stepped down on stage and I had the first line in the set and I totally blanked. I looked straight at Randy Ooh. and then he picked it up. But I, we were very lucky that we both kind of knew. I just we remember yeah. watching it. So we went down into like the East Village and we made this uh-huh. like very quiet bar turn it on. <laughs> oh, that's and great. we watched it with David Wayne, Michael Showalter, like all oh, the wow. Stella guys yeah. who we were, you know, for doing shows with and whatnot. Yeah. And all of our friends came out and we all watched it together at a bar yeah. that a bar. night, which was just, it was like, 
comedy community it's in surreal. New York. Yeah. It was just wonderful. That's great. So and that did cool. they know Jason? Could they tell he forgot the first line? They, they couldn't did, tell, they, but they, I told everyone. <laughs> Randy made a point to say, turn down the TV, watch him, forget it. <laughs> <laughs> Look at it. They might have pulled it up. I mean, <laughs> they did pull it up a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the editing, they made yeah. Jason actually remember it. That's what <laughs> editing can do. There's like three cutaways to Andy. Amazing tool. <laughs> yes. But that was really fun and uh, just a great show. And through the years, we kind of threw just everything. We kind of got to know Conan and mm-hmm. and have done various other things with him. And mm-hmm. he's, just, he's so funny, funny. And he's one of those guys who's funny in his bones. That's the thing. It's like you just you get around people. You're like, they can make anything funny. Conan's like that. David Spade, we've worked a bunch mm-hmm. with him. He's yeah. just a funny dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. You hang out with him. You're like, this is going to be a joyful time. Yeah. Ugh, I oh, hate yeah. when people are deserving of this. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Because there's a whole list of people that aren't. I know. Starting with us. Uh, <laughs> no. I like people just sit there silently when they're off stage. Yes. <laughs> just getting into comedians like that where you're like, uh, why? Why are you? Well, uh, you know, and so sometimes you talk to those guys and you're like, you know, I could have worked for my dad and I, I might still do that, but you know, I'm making good money doing this comedy thing. And I love that comedy is the stable thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I could go crazy off the rails right, and right, go right, take right, a job right. working for my dad as a CPA, but I'm going to stay in this I, really I will say this though. I think before, sometimes before sets of comedy, we do get like smaller and kind of quieter and introspective mm. a little bit. And like we started to meditate separately, obviously, but mm. like, I think that helps, but like. How long do you meditate? What's 22? Your, yeah. Wow. I'll, I'll do it in the mornings. Yeah. Ah. But sometimes like impressive. before something like this, where you're nervous, you, you're just nervous, but you don't know what to do is to just calm yourself because right. mm-hmm. can't, you just, we just want to go do it. Like now that we know that it's happening, I just want to walk out and do the set. Right. Yeah. So yeah. you meant by this Conan show, not this podcast. Well, this no, podcast, I, I, meditated, I, just want to make that. I meditated for three hours <laughs> before right. I did this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Inside Conan. So nervous. Hey, you guys. <laughs> what are they going to ask us? <laughs> Do you guys live near each other? I live you on the You both live east. in LA. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I live in LA. Silver Lake and Jay's over in Laurel Canyon. And oh, so you never uh, see each other. Right. Hardly ever. Yeah. see each other all the time. Our <laughs> For kids, listeners, that's over three miles. <laughs> which in Los and Angeles. 33 minutes. Yes. Is hours flies, of travel. It's 20 feet. Our kids love each other. That's oh, that's great. great. And when you guys all get your families together, do you find yourselves, do you have to like- turn off the bits, you know? Yeah. Or do you, we like, like doing bits thing? with our kids. That's do you? The, okay. Oh my God, that's yes. the most fun. So I have a 14-year-old who's in high school now and she... I took her to go see a, a concert at the Roxy, like on a school Whoa. night. On a school what a night. Cool dad. On Whoa, a school dude. night. Yeah, <laughs> guys. Just soak it in. But our favorite thing was across the stage from us was the most intense dude either of us had ever seen. And he suddenly became the most fascinating person there. And I'm yeah. like, what's intense guy doing now? Right. <laughs> to the point where the next day at school, I just texted her. She's at school, which you probably shouldn't text your yeah, kids yeah. probably at no. school. I'm like, what's intense guy doing now? <laughs> right, She's like right. being so intense. I'm like, his uh, hair was intense. She's like every follicle. And suddenly you're now doing a bit with your kid, improv, yeah. which is great, which yeah. like, that's the joy of, of trying to raise kids. Cause they understand that in the house, comedy is currency. Right. If you screw up, and you were actually funny about something. I'm like, <laughs> all right. Lenny, yeah, yeah, let this she got go. detention for texting in class, yeah. but not a, yeah. it was I, not I, a priority. It was I a funny change. As far as chains go, it was a funny text. Chain. I will remember what our dad did one time when, and we weren't yeah. bad kids in school or even like class clowns, but I had a, a home economics teacher in eighth grade who was terrible. This woman was- Don't say her name because we know she listens. Home ec oh. was yeah. a subject. That's <laughs> right. crazy that I Home economics. Home economics. Yeah. 
also very important things to learn how to cook and learn how to do that stuff. And great that it they is. were. It should be a required I, class. No, that's true. I mean, learn how to do your taxes. Well, for males, it's more yeah. more practical than shop for me. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so the teacher was terrible. She was an awful person. And this is in <laughs> this is how much she was bad. This is on Halloween. So I've only been to school for two months and I already hate the woman. Right. And she shows up on Halloween wearing a gorilla's mask, <laughs> as, which was funny. Not and gorillas, the rap group from England. No. Uh, right. An actual animal. Yes. That would well, make her very cool. Yes. Which she had worn and it was very hot. So two thirds into the class, she, it was too hot for her to teach the class continuing to be in the gorilla's mask. So she took the gorilla mask off and when she took it off, I screamed. Ah. So Classic I got joke. in trouble and uh. did, did she, you got in trouble? Oh yeah, I got sent to the principal's office and the principal <laughs> like called my dad and explained what happened and I had to explain to him what happened and my dad was like, that's hilarious. That's, yeah. that's great. You're quote unquote in trouble. <laughs> so what'd your dad, what He didn't dad care. Do? He said, that's really funny. Oh, that's great. It was great. Yeah. He was just like, all right, all right, you don't, don't do it again. Is he a funny guy? Right, yeah. I mean, he was a really a funny, funny guy. He was a funny guy, but different. not in a comedy sense. He was okay. just like a jolly, hilarious, fat guy. What did he do for a living? Like He basically, when we were born, he was working for a place like Dunder Mifflin. It was a place called Tension Envelope. Oh. Look at that tens- oh, yeah. tension in the tension. name. They're famous tension. for their yeah, tension. You know how you want to have a job that has tension in the name? Yeah. Right, so, so you can brag. It was tension envelope. Tension envelope. Did, I, did you say envelope? envelope? Did you make mine sound yeah, like a rube? His, uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, Jay's a rube. Envelope. Uh, you know, envelope. So he worked there and he was a salesman. And so he'd connect with people. He used to take us down there on Saturdays, give our mom like a break a little bit and would take us down to work with him. And everywhere he went, Wherever we were, he would always talk to someone or he'd like leave us in a running car. Like, you know, back in the 70s when yeah. you can leave your kids in a car that was running outside. In drive. And, and mm-hmm. in drive, right? <laughs> this is so like, it was on a hill. Anybody want so these kids? <laughs> Anywhere he went, in the cleaners, the gas station, wherever, he, he'd talk to someone for a second and they'd instantly be smiling or laughing or something. Uh-huh. So he was a very connective guy. Yeah. And, and you're like, oh, that's important. Yeah. yeah that's a good. laugh is yeah. like a good thing, thing to, to have, a good quality to have. So when did you guys first, I bet you remember, or maybe you don't, your first experience being funny together and mm-hmm. maybe having that go, hey, a little, oh, like, I want, we want more of that. So yeah. we were huge comedy fans. And yeah. I don't know why. I think we had cable earlier than most folks. And <laughs> you can brag. It's yeah. that uh, tension envelope money. Yeah. <laughs> 1949, we had HBO. No, uh, tension envelope scratch. So we were watching, like, the Rodney Dangerfield young comedian special. Right. Like, the one with Robert Townsend and Sam Kinison and- that's a famous Seinfeld that's a famous and, yeah, one. And it wasn't, it wasn't the was in the other one. Domerera was in the oh yeah, dice. Yeah, was in the dice one. Guys, like, guys, please. Guys, we don't stop fighting. fighting. Right? Yeah. This has become a thing now. So uh, we learned all the bits for those. We right. just studied it, taped it, watched it, learned everything. We're like, God, this is so funny. And then our parents' friends would come over, and they didn't watch it because there. This wasn't like. It, because it wasn't Carson, no one, no one even watched it. Right. It was like this wild, yeah. There wasn't weird, like an alt parents. comedy, yeah. right? How old were you guys? We were probably like twelve or thirteen, and the parents would come, friends would come over and play like bridge in the basement or play cards and whatnot. Yeah. They'd be like, "What's going on?" And then we would just in talking, about, "How's school going?" And we're like, "What's the deal with the shower <laughs> oh. radio?" You're screaming yeah. like Sam Kinison. Yeah. yeah. Like, ah, ah, move out of the desert. <laughs> it's sad. You think the uh, film crew could give this kid a sandwich? Uh, so we do all that. We did all the bits and people would laugh and we're like, mm-hmm. Oh. 
we're going to steal other now people's material. Now I'm addicted material. to this feeling. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> oh, so you would literally do their material. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Oh, that's yeah. great. But also like- That's the trying, beginning. That's the yeah, first that's step. That's in yeah. life. You, yeah. you ape the things that you loved. I yeah. mean, I remember being a huge Seinfeld fan before his TV show and our biggest lament was like, people just aren't going to know him. Yeah, yeah, it's such a yeah, bummer like, that yeah. he's so funny and no one knows yeah, who he like, is. We're the only we're ones. the only ones to know him. Yeah. So we get it. We, we get, get it, it, Jerry. As <laughs> prognosticators, we were terrible. As like <laughs> talent pickers, uh, talent we were pickers, pretty we were pretty damn good because he was great. And so, like again, learning all that stuff and like just spewing it out, and it taught us what we liked about comedy. Mm -hmm. And then we would try and be funny in those ways with our friends. So, and then right away. Even in the beginning, you probably had to, like, how do we divvy this up? Right. So we so we did a show at our high school. We were 15. We were freshmen, oh, that's I think. Awesome. 14. 14. That was the first time we stepped that's on so stage. So ballsy for that's freshmen. 30, ballsy. That's 34 years ago. Well, we were like, we want to do stand-up. And it wasn't even like a, should we do it on stage together? Right. Should we be? A, it was just like, we want to do stand-up. So we're going to go on stage and do stand-up. It wasn't mm -hmm. even like we yeah. planned anything out. Oh. We just, oh, <laughs> no, we, well, we had jokes. Okay, okay. okay. But I'm and, saying we didn't say, oh, should I go up and then right, you go right, up right. or should right. we go up together? That wasn't even a discussion. Right. Yeah. It was just, we're going up. Yeah. And yeah. we did. And then we wrote some original stuff and did some bits that we- Well, sure. And yeah. Yeah. we pilfered. Yes. <laughs> Which I'm not proud of, but you know, you're 14 years old. But we did do I a did bit. the same thing. Yeah. With okay. skits at the at the high school assembly. And it was yeah. like, we'd do SNL skits. Right. And then people would congratulate us and be like, you guys are, you're seriously <laughs> so Talented. You yeah. guys are brilliant. I go yeah. to bed at 11.25 and you guys are brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we did that. I mean, and, and we wrote a bit. I remember our first like sort of original bit that we really liked and it was so specific to our school, but it was about the math club at our school. You knew who to go after. Yeah, yeah. let's take them down a peg. Yeah. Uh, these kids have suffered not mm. nearly enough. Uh, I think it was actually a positive bit. The math club's name was Moo Alpha Theta Math. Okay. Oh, math. Uh, yeah. yeah. Our bit was that they could attract a, a larger, larger audience if they used like truck and tractor pull style commercials to promote oh, their math club. So yeah, then that yeah. was our bit. So oh. that was the premise. That's great. That was the bit. It's funny because, you know, I still think we have similar sometimes constructions of bits where we think of a premise, then we give each other something to do and we kind of bounce off each other. And that's what right. that was. And it did great and it felt really good. And we were like, okay, maybe, I don't know, maybe something. Yeah, yeah. Felt really good to Loved get last. Yes, and you put the math club on the on the map. <laughs> it was a way to like differentiate ourselves from. I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. Right. It wasn't like we had even a relative that went out to L.A. to try and make it as a comedian. There was right. no pathway, let alone for twins to try and create something. But yeah. For anyone in our family to go off and try and make it in this business. It was so foreign to anybody in that area that yeah. we were just like, well, this is a really cool thing that differentiates us. We, it's like we already had something that differentiated mm -hmm. us right, and that we're right. twins, but we're like, we need to differentiate ourselves further. Watch we need to be this. in comedy as well. Want to make mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May 12th. Find tons of gifts from only $30 at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just $30. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. 
The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one Crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Were your parents supportive? Yeah. I mean, they were. I mean, initially they were sort of like, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, but when we were in college, we, again, became huge fans of and started doing it a lot. So we somewhere between our junior and senior year of college, we were home in St. Louis. And we started working at the Funny Bone oh. in St. Oh. Louis. We went and applied for an internship at HBO Downtown Productions, which was producing stand-up, stand-up, and short attention span. Which you oh did those, I, did you I, not? I worked on uh, – Short attention span. Okay, with Marin, were you writing for? I uh, no. It was, uh, oh no, stand up, stand up. Stand up for stand-up. Laura Keitlinger. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's show. Those were shows we watched on Comedy Central. We mm-hmm. found out who mm-hmm. the production company was. We reached oh, out to them funny. and said, "We want to get. We want to be interns. We're right. in college." Some of facts, probably. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we made like a fake publisher's clearinghouse thing that they won oh, like these people, so and like we got super creative. Did you tell me you had cable at home? We because said we had cable earlier than you. Early adapters. So we went to there. Went to New York. Interviewed the. Thing. And then we told our friend, a really close friend of ours in who was in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, we said, hey, apply for this job and the three of us will go to New York. We'll live in NYU housing mm-hmm. and maybe we'll start doing stand-up in New York. Wow. How great would it be? We're all 20, 21. It'd be like a precursor. And so he's like, I'll do it. I promise I'll do it. And we're like, great. And then he got the job and yeah. we didn't. Uh, so we're in St. Louis and we're like, we better just start doing stand-up as much as we can in St. Louis. And we started to do it that summer a bunch. Then we went back mm-hmm. to college in Ann Arbor, started doing it in Ann Arbor, started doing it in Detroit at Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle. Then we came home over New Year's. This is so great because this person is so special to us in the, in comedy. We go home and on New Year's Eve, who's performing at Catch a Rising Star mm-hmm. in St. Louis, Missouri? Andy Kindler. Oh, wow. <laughs> Kindler, favorite. Uh, who is yeah. one of our favorite people, one of our favorite comics, just like at the time, too, because he was so – he was the only comic who was commenting on a joke that he just yes. did. Uh-huh. Now everyone yes. does it. Yeah. But he was, in our eyes, the first sort person to – Deconstructing, yeah. yeah. Deconstruct what, I, what he just did. His joke mm-hmm. about crockpot. Yeah, if I'm hungry 18 hours from now. Like, where, are the the, where are the crackers? And then he's like – Eight years of mime school, and I still open the cabinet into, into my, my face. face. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so he was our face. He had us on that. Yeah. So, so we go, Andy Kindler's coming to do a show in St. Louis. We got to go. So it was New Year's Eve, which is like typically, I don't know if you've ever worked in New Year's Eve. It is the yes. worst you know, oh, yes. It is the worst. <laughs> there, especially if you couldn't be there less for comedy. It's awful. Yeah. And just they, but it's more money. It's, it's more, more money, money, but they know. And so poor Andy is in a city where I doubt there are a ton of people who are like, 
who are aware of who he is, clamoring for who he is. Just you two. Just <laughs> us, a table of us and our friends. And we That's perfect him. for him. Oh my God. Yeah. You got to see him on a New Year's so Eve show. So he walked of like half the room. He yelled at some woman as she was leaving, where's your HBO special? It was great. Oh. Uh, <laughs> he was so funny. I mean, let us start by saying he was on fire and hilarious. The crowd was just so dumb. We yeah, were, yeah. We yeah. were getting angry at the crowd. So after the show, we go up to him and we said, Andy, we're enormous fans. How would you like to come to do a show at University of Michigan, which is where we were at mm-hmm. school? Mm-hmm. And there's no way he thought after that set he would get work right. off of that. <laughs> off of that, set. like a great gig because yeah. we like empty the the, the budget timing. of this yeah. thing. Yeah, of our kind of a couple thousand. Did you know you could act, or were you just bullshit? Like, no, we, we were part, part of the, the committee oh, that was yeah, bringing. We would like help okay. put on the show, right. so he came out and we opened up for him. Oh, we cool. said, look, please watch us, and we're we're all on our way to law school, right. separate law school, oh, separate wow. cities. Where we we might not do this, but we really want to do comedy. We just. We don't know. We don't know if it's worth our while to do this. Would you, as someone we respect, take a look at us and see what it is? Mm -hmm. So we took him out for pancakes after the thing, and he said to us, I think you guys are funny. I think you have to get rid of all of your material and start over again. But I think if you move to New York or L.A. and just sort of immerse Uh yourself in the scene, I can tell by hanging out with you guys, you're funny. So if you're amidst a really good scene of people that push you to write great material, it's within you. He's like, I bet you guys get on TV by the time you're 25. Like, that's all we needed to hear. That was all. That was it. We were kind of looking for an out to not go to law school. (laughs) Yes. But it was, you know what? The fact that he criticized our material and said you got to get rid of all of it, not even like, I like this joke. It was like, scrap this crap it was so brutally honest but then that mixed with i have faith in you was the best thing we could have ever heard it was real and so we took it as real and he was by the way if he was having a crappy night if he just like in his own mind was like i don't want to talk to these assholes yeah if he just like blew us off or didn't or was like a lot of guys might have done that i'm sorry i missed you yeah i'm i already Mm -hmm. had pancakes (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm really tired i'm just gonna go back to the hotel anything he could have said but what that was he took he took the time and then he came to new york when we were there, we moved to New We so decided you moved right, right after graduation. Yeah. Right after yeah. school, and we're like, we're going to try it. Mm-hmm. We moved to New York. So we're, we're like, for, guys, Andy Kindler said yeah. we should. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Rebar and Luna mm-hmm. Lounge started mm-hmm. up. I mean, right. we were at the like the Perfect third timing. ever Rebar, and Andy's like, come with me to this show. It's like two First of all, he was like, come down to the Boston Comedy Club. I have to run my Conan set. He was doing Conan. Oh, great. Oh, wow. He's like, I got to run my Conan set at the Boston Comedy We walked down to meet him at this thing. There's the guys, Masavi. Masavi and the Masavi? other guy. Who, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who ran Boston. Boston Comedy Club. And Kindler's like, you know these guys? You should put these guys up. All of a sudden, we had an in at this club. We're all out of wow. nowhere. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's, they're like, yeah. Amazing. So you got booked? That's we got great. booked. We started to get booked at the Boston yeah. Comedy Club. It was really cool. I mean, we had a lot of those kind of nice, and Kindler kind of brought us along in the alternative comedy yeah. scene as it started, which was a huge, Yeah, we were at the right place at the right time for that. And uh, now Kindler doesn't talk to you guys. He hates us. He <laughs> said, I've seen no money from this right. transaction. Yeah. You guys yeah, still owe me. He thought he was going to be your agent. That's right. right. Um, do you see him a lot? Yeah, I mean, town? not a lot, but when yeah. we do see him, it's just it's, like he's, he's as avuncular as it gets. <laughs> and I will say that we have taken upon ourselves, I think, in an honor Kindlerian him, way. Right. To take people under our wing and do things for them oh, and help really them as much as they do. Yeah, if there is like to give a sports analogy, it's like a coaching tree. You feel like we mm-hmm. came down and learned it this way and we were going to teach these right. kids and hopefully also it's like comedy's hard you guys know comedy's hard the community's hard there's no formal mentoring program like no. 
Because if you're helping someone, then all of a sudden, like, they're way past you and you're like, fuck, you know, like, wow, <laughs> right. that sucks. Yeah, right. I need help, too. Right. Yeah. I'm, you know, yeah, you're, we're all, we all need help. Yeah. But so that doesn't mean you can't give help to other people. This is what yes. happened with us and the Darling Twins. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Not to bring it back off. full circle. <laughs> not to bring it back. <laughs> well, you can pay back Andy by teaching him to meditate. He doesn't oh, seem yeah. like a meditator to me. He would be great. He yeah, he, he should be so funny yeah. as a meditator. He's just, everything he I'm does. I'm saying my mantra now. Yeah. yeah. Andy. It's I remember him being on Conan. I I swear I've told this story before, but I don't know. It was an awful crowd. He was on with Jerry Van Dyke. Mm. And he did a joke and he, he just pointed at someone in the audience in the studio and he goes, That man hates me. <laughs> <laughs> and when did you guys move to LA? Moved to LA in 99. So we were in New York oh, okay. from 94 to 99 and then yeah. moved out here in 99. Uh-huh. In 97 and 98, though, we started coming out here mm-hmm. to do or 98, really. 98, 99. We had a deal to develop a show for us and we would come out every month mm-hmm. for a week and write with this writer out here. But then, like, we would come do shows at like Largo mm-hmm. and just around LA. Improv, Largo, and we'd go to Luna Park and you, we were like, oh, there's a scene out here yeah. comparable yeah. to the scene there and it's right. just different people, really cool people. It's, you're watching Tenacious D, you're watching mm-hmm. Karen uh, Kilgariff, Karen Kilgariff Patton, mm-hmm. Patton, Patton and Barron. Greg Barron and I mean, Paul Tompkins and uh-huh. all these great people yep. that have become great friends of ours through mm-hmm. the years and I think seeing that scene out here said to us, oh, we should, we should come to LA. Yeah. We, we, if we're going to do it, we have to move out here. Yeah. There's still a tension, or not not tension, but a lot of comics in New York. So many are like, "Oh, I've got to move," or and and so many comics from New York are moving to LA. Still, I, I think. think there's that's. I mean, I remember having that in our brains. I remember right. for a whole year right. of being like, "This is in New York. Right. I mean, we're not. What is going yeah. on here?" Right? Yeah, and it's like, yeah, it's not. It's not New York. It's a different vibe. Mm-hmm. It's a different thing. There's more stuff being made out here. Mm-hmm. If your attitude is to be a writer or a stand-up, mm-hmm. yeah, there's like a handful of shows there's in New York shows. that you can write yeah. on, and right. they're really tough to get on and really tough to be a part of. And we know great people who have submitted packets to Colbert right. mm-hmm. four and five times. We're like, you should be writing for them. Right, right. But yeah. you just can't because of the numbers and, and what it is. That's tough. You come out to L.A., there's yeah. a little bit more going on. I think it's harder at times to be out here because you're reminded more of what you're not yes. doing or yeah. accomplishing when yes. you're out here. So or there's the perception that everyone else is doing things. That's right. Right. It's not real. I mean, Instagram has like <laughs> taken that up times 10 yeah. if you follow other So now people in New York, yes. and if you're an Instagram, you can sort of can we? Which reminds me, can we post this on Instagram so that other people are jealous that we're on this? Oh, we're doing yeah, this yeah. content. Hey, I just would like to do that. Hey, it's your possible. career. Yeah, <laughs> right, fine. Hey, it's, I, I can't hey, tell you what to do or not It's their jealousy. Yeah. Yeah. stoking. But, you know, I mean, it's to go back. And when we were in New York, this was such a great moment. We were doing like a sketch writing class at uh-huh. Chicago City Limits. Uh, I don't know if you remember oh, cool. Chicago yes. City Limits. They Upper were East like, Side? They 60th. Were the, yes. They were the big, uh, the only improv group. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Andy Daly early on. Maybe Andy Daly. He was teaching there and he came out of there. But we had a guy teaching us a, like a starting sketch cast. And he was such a good teacher. And I just remember. And he was so funny. And he had written on an Australian radio show for years. Oh. And he was so funny. And we're, and we're like, like, why is this guy not, right. again, like Seinfeld. We're like, why is this guy not getting, what's like the he deal should be, what's the deal? Australian he should be getting bigger writers. work. You know who that was? Justin Stengel of the Stengel oh, Brothers. Who then ran Letterman for 20 oh, years. Right. Wow. With his brother. With his brother, Eric. So <gasps> it's like. But they're not twins. They're, they're not, not twins. <laughs> but it was a moment of like, what a great thing to rub elbows with this guy. Right. Who would, of course, have. 
the yeah. talent to go on and run Letterman for that much. Wow. It was yeah, awesome. because because when we came to New York, we couldn't just drop our act. We would have had nothing to do. Right. So we were sort of doing remnants of this old crappy act. I think we dressed alike. It was awful. <laughs> and it was te- just terrible. There uh, was a ventriloquist part. There <laughs> was. There were two ventriloquist dummies that were exactly oh, alike. Whoa. Right. Uh, I spoke for his. Yeah. And I spoke for his. Uh, no, but so we we did this terrible act. That's a great idea. That, I, <laughs> no, want I, to bring it back. I want to do it on this show. Yeah. So so we very much like needed a break. And so we quit stand-up for a while and took this sketch writing class uh-huh. and then started going down and watching shows at Surf Reality and at Luna Lounge and mm-hmm. Rebar and all that stuff. And we started to realize, oh, you know, we're looking at stand-up like in this tiny little box. Like there's two of us on stage. Right. We can do these crazy conceptual bits that mm-hmm. kind of right. expand us out of what we've been doing. Right. And it took stopping doing the same crappy stand-up. Andy was right. We had to, we had to like kill it and lose it and then go in a completely different direction. And that class at Chicago that City really Limits. helped us kind of get into that mindset. Oh, wow. Do you still keep in touch with uh, Justin? We yeah. did keep in touch with him. We reached out to him a short while, uh, a little while ago. Yeah. We've been following each other from afar, but like, yeah. uh-huh. you know, and, and of course we root for him and his success. That's great. Yeah, it's awesome. And d- it also reaffirms like, oh, you know, we, like you were saying before, you Seinfeld, recognize yeah, when right, somebody's yes. good. Yeah. Seinfeld and why isn't yeah, this guy yeah. working? No, it's Sweeney, like feeling like there's just it. I no, mean, me, you were like, uh, you were like uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, but it, you were always hilarious. hilarious. Did you guys all do stand up on some of the same shows? Or I, no? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we did stand yeah. up at the clubs together. Yes, yeah. yes. Yes. I mean, I remember just always. I always think of you Comic in the same strip. breath as like Mike Royce, who has gone on yeah, to be yeah. like a fantastic writer. And Kylie, all Mike those Royce. guys. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. Brian Kylie is uh, working here on the he show. Is. One, one of our favorites. Oh, one of our so favorites. He oh, yeah, he's fantastic. so good. He's, he's really so, good. so good. But yeah, we, I mean, I feel like that time in New York was really like a special time. Mm-hmm. Like David Tell was coming up. All yes. these great comics in New York who we just, Mitch Hedberg was in New York uh, doing stuff for a while. Like, yeah. It just was a very exciting time for comedy, Zach, Galifianakis, yep. yep. all of them. It was really, really a special time. And I, I just love that we came out of that period. I feel like that yeah. was so meaningful for us. Yeah. We do always ask our guests, sure. um, and you kind of touched a little bit on this, but if there's one piece of advice you might give to someone who's aspiring to to do what you do. That you both can agree on. Yes. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, we might give different pieces, pieces of no, you advice. you can each give a separate piece. Jay, what would you say? I mean, we always say to people create, don't wait. That's like a big one for us, which is like, if you're waiting for one piece of news to come down, it will be bad news. I I can't tell you enough that like, if you're like, Hey, if this show gets picked, it won't, it's not going to get picked up. Maybe it will. And that'd be awesome if it was, but if you sit there and wait for that news, when you don't get the thing you want, you will be miserable Mm -hmm. or all the things I'm waiting for my opportunity on this. Don't just go make stuff go. That's why stand up is really exciting because you could have the worst day ever. But if you write a new bit or the worst run for like three Mm -hmm. weeks, if you write a new four or five minutes or a new sketch or something and you put it on its feet and it does well, you feel like you've done something. You created something, whether it means anything in the grand scheme or not. So creating is your momentum going. You can create your way out of being stuck Mm -hmm. and try to have irons in the fire. That's a good thing too. And I would to, to that end, I would say it takes a long time to develop your voice. It takes a long time to develop your stand up. Just be willing to take that time. Mm-hmm. Don't cut corners and don't sit around and say, I wish, why is that person here? Mm-hmm. Well, we talk about this all the time. We're like yeah. the ladder. We, we say it's the ladder. Like you, to, in order to climb a ladder, you always have to look up above you mm-hmm. because that's where your attention has to be, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about your feet. You're wondering where your next thing is. 
so naturally you're going to be like, that guy's doing this and this woman's up here and how is she doing this? And he's getting this stuff. And they've been doing it 10 years less than that. That's very easy to get into that game. Every once in a while, not all the time, you need to look down and realize all the people who are on the ladder Mm -hmm. below you. Then there's a line to get to the ladder. (laughs) Then it snakes around the corner to people who don't know what they're waiting for. And then there's people who are like, I wish I had the courage to get into that line. Yeah. You got to remember that every once in a while. And and just not, we again encounter people on various parts of the the ladder, so Mm -hmm. to speak. And just- you can't say it's just things are going to happen when they happen yep. and you have to sort of give yourself over to that. And it's like, okay, this opportunity comes along. I'm going to do it and do the best that I can. And if it actually means some, if people see it and it's a great thing and it sparks this other thing and it moves forward, then great. Mm-hmm. But I can't be sitting here saying I should be doing this. I should be on this because that's not going to get you anywhere. It will happen when it happens. Yeah. Right. Create a groundswell so that it's undeniable that you need to, that people are like, have you seen? That you deserve it. Right. Yeah. Yes. Have you seen, right. like, you want all these people saying, we have a friend, Amy Miller, who's a great mm-hmm. comedian. Have you seen Amy's latest set of comedy? She's, we right. take her on the road with us. And we're like, yeah. she's amazing. And if enough people start saying that, people are like, you know what? She should go mm-hmm. do Spade's show. Mm-hmm. Tell, yeah. tell the bookers to go put her on the show. And suddenly they're like, have you seen Amy? And this person's like, she's great. And this person's like, she, and then she gets on the show and she does well. And it's like, that was her time to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Word of mouth from your coworkers. That's is right. really what it is. It is that groundswell that really can works. cause it to happen. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you, Randy and Jason. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. This is awesome. One other tip, seek out Andy Kindler. Where and whenever you can. Feed him (laughs) pancakes. Wait till the show's over. (laughs) Feed him pancakes. Wait him out. He's a hungry guy. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And that was the Sklar brothers. They were fantastic. They were, and they had, and they did have a great set on the show afterwards. Thanks to us. Yeah, man. They owe us. (laughs) So we have a fan letter. We do. We've been getting a lot of fan mail uh, with and fan questions. I know. I guess people really are bored. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the pandemic's playing right into our hands. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one's all the way from Israel. It says, hi, my name is Yuval from Israel, and I'm a longtime show watcher and a slightly less long podcast listener. And my questions regard my favorite Conan character, which is me, the interrupter. <laughs> Seriously, I went as him to a Purim Jewish Halloween, in parentheses, party once. So my questions are, how did he come about? What's your favorite interrupter moment? Thanks. And I like you too. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. I wonder how that costume went over for I him. know. <laughs> Dude, you need a name tag. Here, watch this clip. Yeah. <laughs> the Interrupter is, uh, yeah, one of my favorite characters. It was played by a writer named Brian Stack, who played many, many, many characters on the old late night show and, and on the current show and on the tonight show. Brian Stack created this character with Michael Komen, who was a writer at the time, who's also hilarious. We've interviewed both of them. Yes, we have. I think this came about, we used to do, after a lead guest, we'd always do a little comedy bit. We called it an act three. And a lot of times it would be, Conan would announce a guest the next night and we'd think of a character to kind of help Conan present who the guests would be on the next night. And so they came up with the interrupter to do that. And he just simply, Conan would say, wait, aren't you the guy who interrupts you all the time? (laughs) And it would just be like that for four minutes straight. So we did it this once and it it 
killed so much that it was like, oh, all right, we'll bring it back and run it into the ground. Why do anything else? <laughs> exactly. And so, yeah, that character is on right till the very end of late night. I, I lost track of how many times we did it. And they had to keep coming up with new variations on it, which is always the worst part. Yeah. When you have a, a bit you like, writers, the second it becomes a regular thing, they get angry and depressed and resentful that- Right. They have to keep ringing, <laughs> try to get moisture out of the sponge and go back to the well. Yeah. And compromise their artistic integrity. Exactly. You're making me kill this character. Did anyone ever interrupt the interview? Ah, I believe so. You know, like maybe his kid came out and the kid's kid. I'm sure it turned into like a cat in the hat bit at some point. Yeah. I am just guessing. But Brian Stack played so many great characters. He played uh, Hannigan, the uh, traveling salesman, yes. who is like a 1950s character. And he also played the ghost crooner, uh, I who ghost I don't crooner. know if we can ever put any of those online because the whole idea was by 1990s standards, what he was singing about was outrageous. I think he was like a Nazi <laughs> sympathizer from the 30s. Well, that's come back into style again, so. It, that's right. It all comes back. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, Brian's tax rate. And uh, right now, he, no one asked, but he's uh, working on uh, The Late Show, the Stephen Colbert Show now, and performing on that. Yeah. And he plays God there sometimes. He played God on Late Night. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Anyway, thanks for the question. And if you have more questions, please email us at insideconanpod at gmail.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail if you still know how to use that feature on your phone. The number is 323-209-5303. That's it for this week. I, we will see you a week from now. We sure will. We like you. Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast, is hosted by Mike Sweeney and me, Jesse Gaskell. Produced by Jen Samples. Engineered and mixed by Will Becton. Supervising producers are Kevin Bartelt and Aaron Blayart. Executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco. And Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Earwolf. Thanks to Jimmy Vivino for our theme music and interstitials. You can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. And of course, please subscribe and tell a friend to listen to Inside Conan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or whatever platform you like best. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.